Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Madeline Davitt, Senior Partner at Specialist Real Estate and Planning Law Firm Davitt Jones-Bould. Madeline has over 30 years experience in the sector and is a founding member of the firm. Madeline, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, We're going to spend a little bit of time just looking at your career and and how you've managed to develop it over those years. I guess my first question for you this morning is is why law? What, What prompted you to look at it as a career? Well, it's interesting, Sarah, very interesting, because my first vocation wasn't law at all. It was teaching and I had a Bachelor of Arts in art and drama, believe it or not. And I absolutely loved, I loved both of those subjects with a passion. I went to teach in a little school called Abbey Hay in Gorton, Manchester. And just before this podcast, I looked at that school and how it's changed. Interesting enough, with that vocation, it taught me such a lot. I left there after four years and I moved on and travelled for a year. I literally travelled around. I worked in the United States. I worked with a wonderful lady who publicised lots of things to do with America. And I came back and I suddenly thought I need to settle down. I need to get myself sorted. And I really genuinely had a passion for law. And it started with a very simple thing. I was watching the television. I watched Lord Denning on, on uh, give a talk about law. And I bought his book and I sent it to him and I said, I'm starting a career in law. Any pointers? And he wrote back and he wrote back on a letter, crossing off Master of the Rolls, handwritten, beautiful ink, beautiful letter writing. Dear Madeline, good luck in law and in life. And I'll never, ever forget that. It even now sends a shiver down my back because it was just so beautiful of him to answer. So I did law. It was hard because obviously I was going back into a career. So I studied law, finished my law degree, and then, like most women, ended up getting married, moved to a place called Buckinghamshire and worked for a firm called Winter Tailors, which was quite a vibrant firm. I started off wanting to do personal injury work and they very quickly moved me into conveyancing and then they moved me into the commercial side of things and mixing with clients etc. It gave me a very very good grounding in actual fact. With my marriage I married Peter Allenson who's the chief executive of the firm and his profession was he was a doctor of engineering and we both as young professionals really had fire in our belly to do things and change things. Peter was in that profession and I'd always said to him, you would be ideal in the legal profession. For goodness sake, think about this. He then decided to go down the pupillate route. So he went to train as a barrister and I remained um, as a lawyer, primarily then with Winter Taylors. We moved to Buckinghamshire and I wrote to every firm in the area. It's quite funny looking back at it now. I wrote to every firm saying, I'm here, I've arrived let me have a job, come and see me. And I got a very, very good response. The government property lawyers were based in Taunton and about 144 lawyers travelled from London to Taunton and the government opened its doors and said, we need commercial lawyers, we need an input here. So I applied for the job and it was one of the toughest interviews I've ever had. It was quite funny looking back on it now because you go into these things, you go into an interview 
I'm quite confident in many ways. And I wasn't necessarily worried about this interview, but I walked in and the minute I walked in the door and I saw the table and I saw four people, I thought, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Went in and it was just questions, 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 questions. And even to this day, and I'm looking back 22 years, I can remember it was on Section 25, 1954 Act, indemnity. Anyway, I walked away from that interview, not knowing whether I'd got the job or not, but I did get the job. And I started to work for the government property lawyers. Now, bear in mind, I'd been a commercial property lawyer. So I moved in to central government. It was a different life, a different style. Uh, the only way I can describe it is if you are walking in London and you look at all the buildings around you and you go into the parks, Hyde Park, anything to do with central government we dealt with in Taunton. It's quite ironic, really. So any any questions, any advisory work, anything that was pertinent to the government was always sent to the government property lawyers. And you'd hear it at the time, people running down the corridor, answer this question, do this, do that. And we did it. We just got on with it. Seven years down the track on working with them, the government visited Taunton and they called us all together and they said, look, we're closing it down. We no longer need to have... Um, lawyers, property lawyers here. So all of you who came from London, you can either take voluntary redundancy or you can move back and retrain, but it would be compulsory redundancy also. Now, I'd only been there seven years and I thought to myself, well, this is the golden opportunity. This is the jewel in the crown that was hitting me in the face. I had clients ringing up saying, what can we do? Where can we go? What can we do? They were panicking. And myself and Peter at that time thought this is absolutely nectar. So we both, plus Tim Sylvester Jones and Stuart Bold, decided to start our own firm. Now, bear in mind, Sarah, this was a fresh piece of paper. This We had never done this before. This was new to all of us. But what I did know in my heart, I knew that if I was to set up a firm, I had to have the business acumen behind me. I didn't want, and no disrespect to lawyers, I didn't want, I didn't want an old-fashioned approach. I wanted a fresh approach that was vibrant, that was devoid of politics. This was very, very important to me. And it was important to Peter. So Peter dealt with the structure of the firm and I dealt with the communication, the clients, literally on the phone morning, noon and night. So if you can visualise it, four of us starting this firm, we were all excited but very nervous. We put so much money into this, personal savings. People used to say to me, Madeline, aren't you afraid you're going to lose everything? Well, there's no question of losing everything. We had to succeed. I never even thought of failure. It didn't even enter my head. And how was it in those early years? Were there sacrifices, long hours? I mean, how, yes. how did you start to build things up? Yeah, it, there were very, very long hours, Sarah. I mean, at that time, bearing in mind, Peter was based in Manchester. I was in Taunton and I had three young children. I had nobody around me to help me and two other partners. I worked morning, noon and night. But saying I worked morning, noon and night with that I genuinely had a passion to do it. So I didn't regard it as work. It was something I loved. And I often say this to people who come into the firm. If you love something passionately enough, you don't regard it as work. 
an artist who's painting a picture, they don't regard it as work. It's their profession, their life, their love. And that's what I find here. In those early years then, and you talk about that love and that passion, I mean, what, what was it about the commercial real estate world and, and the business that you were building that you were really sort of drawing that enjoyment from? Purely the work itself. The work itself was incredibly exciting, Sarah. I mean, we did everything from um, Plymouth Airport to, I mean, I'm going further into the history of the firm, but we did such exciting work. But if if I just opened the door when we first started, bear in mind, we had no clients. So what did we do? How do we do it? There was an invitation sent by the Ministry of Defence, MOD, that was sent to all the law firms throughout England. And we picked this up and we thought, well, let's go for it. I mean, I, I laugh at it even now when I think about it. But, you know, when you're young, you're fearless and you think, no, I can do everything. So we went for that. And I can remember sitting at the kitchen table writing the tender. And it was like an examination, stripping back every question analysing it, getting my partners involved, working through this and answering the question. It was like a law exam, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. I then had four copies of the submission printed and we were supposed to post it. Well, I didn't trust the post. So I got in the car and I drove to Sutton Coalfield, walked up the path, hand delivered these precious documents to the receptionist and walked away, keeping my fingers well and truly crossed. And when I walked down the path, I bumped into someone who later became a very good client of mine. He put me through my paces and he literally said, who are you? Mm, never heard of you. Kind of you don't stand a cat and hell's chance of getting this. Never thought about it. Went back to the office, sat down. Weeks and weeks later, there was a phone call and there was a letter that came through to say we had been awarded I could not believe it, this work. And even to this day, I can remember sitting, rereading and rereading that letter, shutting the door, having a cup of coffee, later to be a glass of champagne, and then picking up the phone and saying, we have got this work. It was phenomenal. It, we were one of four firms chosen. We were the baby firm, the newbies on the block. So with that work, and it was tremendous work, with that work, I was able to then cherry pick the lawyers that I wanted. So I went back to the government property lawyers, those advisory lawyers, the transactional lawyers, the ones who were really the creme de la creme, and there were some really good lawyers there. I went to my ex-boss and said to him, Tony, will you work for me? And it wasn't like that. He, he worked with me and he was phenomenally entertaining and very good at his job. So we began to build up a very, very good base of lawyers. And I think if you're good at your job, you will sell. And we were very, very competitive on pricing. I had an absolute rule that we got back quickly. We answered questions. We dealt courteously with clients. And it worked and it was like a snowball effect, which grew and grew and grew. But interestingly enough, Sarah, what I had to look at and consider, and it's just not just me, it's all of us. We had to look and consider where do we get the lawyers from? Because we were based in Taunton and we wanted really good lawyers. 
So we wanted to open it up to lawyers all over England. But I mean, you know, and I know uh, very few lawyers are going to pack their bags from London and come and live in Somerset, you know. So we had to decide what did we want to do? Um, and it was Peter actually who said to me, look, um, I think we've, we've got to go down the route of remote working. If you think this is 20 years ago, I mean, this COVID wasn't was, you know, it was nothing. So we started to look at the idea of remote working and then we looked at lawyers coming to us and they came in their drones. They came. And we had to say to ourselves, well, we want them to be professionally qualified. We want them to have quite a number of years experience so that they would hit the ground running. But we wanted to be able to say to them, look, what do you like doing? What is it you like doing? We got quite a few women who came to us because and they were dynamic. These women were ahead of the career. They were top in their, their game. They happened to have had children, so they couldn't work part time, which infuriated me. I, I just thought, well, they could do three days for us and still have a work life balance. So. It evolved that way that when we met lawyers and they came to be interviewed, we'd look at them and we would strip away the things they didn't want to do. So the lawyers who hated admin, the lawyers who hated constantly filling in their timesheets, the lawyers who absolutely hated BD. It's not for everybody. You know, I, I, I've had brilliant lawyers who sit and do their work endlessly and tirelessly, but put them in front of a client and, and they don't like it. They do the letter law. So we had a mixture of lawyers that did commercial transactions, advisory work, and then some that like BD. So it, it, it was quite interesting and it, was, it wasn't ruthless. It was just looking at the, the lawyer that came through the door to see what he or she liked and it yeah. really worked. Numbers wise, how did it then build over the years? I mean, you, you obviously started with just just a handful of you, but then yeah. how did that grow over that period of time? Well, it, it grew actually very, very quickly because of word of mouth. We we had a lot of people applying for jobs. Um, so if you think about it now, we're in excess of 50, 60 lawyers at the moment. So it actually grew through word of mouth and through at the early days. I mean, you laugh at this. The early days, we, we actually advertised DJB in the yellow pages. We hadn't a clue what to do. And then I took the decision probably five years down to to park the legal work to one side and concentrate on communication, meeting people, meeting lawyers and meeting the clients. That was quite a difficult decision to do that, but it, it worked. I, I just couldn't spread myself uh, yeah, and, yeah. And any anymore. But through I, I think through the job that we did, through the work we did, we got known and the law firm started to grow. So with that first contract, the MOD contract, I always describe this as a snowball. It's like a snowball. It rolled and we started to pick up more and more clients as the years went on. Interesting with this, because when we first did central government work at the government property lawyers, you were never allowed to work for local authorities. It did, didn't enter central government's head. So when we left that, we were devoid of all of those things. And we suddenly said to each other, well, why aren't we doing Why aren't we doing local authority work? We know it. Uh, a property is a property. A building is a building. Let's go for it. Um, and we had a very good introduction to a local authority. 
Uh, we won their work and then that started to grow as well. So alongside central government, we had local authority work and that started to grow rapidly. So these are all framework agreements that probably have three or five year contracts. They're up for re renewal. You can never rest on your laurels. You know, you've got to be very, very savvy. You've got to know what you're doing. So we have the central government work, the local authority work. And as we move forward now, we're, we're, we're in a new area of work now where we're looking at the private sector and we're looking at supporting the, the what I call the magic circle firms in, in London. So we do the work, we will support them in their property work. And we've got fabulous experienced lawyers who can hit the ground running. So it's a win win situation. So tell me a little bit then, you you obviously stepped away from fee earning and um concentrate now on the managerial side of things um what was that shift like for you and, and do you miss the fee earning work uh, no <laughs> um, <laughs> the the decision was a very hard decision actually because I was chronically conscious of going into a meeting and suddenly and I suppose it's youth again I was conscious of going into a meeting thinking I'm not doing this work so how can I go into a meeting and talk to somebody when I don't actually do the legal work? But I think honesty is a great thing. So what I would do, um, because I think I'm savvy enough, I, what I would do is go in and before any meeting say, look, I'm here to manage the project, to work with you and to decipher what is the problem here. So that I found that clients would talk to me very, very openly and they'd say to me, look, we, we have really got a problem in this area. Can you help us? Is there any lawyer there that can help me, help me or help us? And because of my intimate knowledge, I knew exactly which lawyer to place with a particular client. And I always say to the clients, the chemistry has got to be right. If the chemistry is not right, it will not work. And although I'm criticised for this a lot, I think I go by my gut reaction and my gut reaction is usually pretty right. I do that on interviews as well. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I very, very much trust my own gut when I'm looking at lawyers, when I'm I'm discussing things with clients. And getting back to your question, was I fearful of of stopping the legal work? Yes, I was. But it's it's with journals like yours and other journals, so the Estate Gazettes, where you you can read up and you keep your mind constantly active. It's a bit of, a bit like the British Medical Journal. You you know doctors have to keep in up to date with everything, um, and the journals help. And also being involved on on the day to day uh, business with the lawyers keeps yeah. me very very busy. And you you mentioned the way that you recruit and um, attract staff. I know that the firm operates a waiting list for those wishing to join. Why do you think it is that so many people are, are seeking to join the firm when I, I know we've read lots lately about, you know, the war on talent and, and other firms really finding it hard to get the right staff in place? Well, if I was to say to you, Sarah, over the last six months, we've had 11 new recruits. I mean, that's quite a lot. Um, I think we offer something that's very, very different. We offer flexibility. We offer freedom. And I say that very openly. We offer working from home as a standard. 
that may kind of niggle a few few people, but it works so well for us. There's no politics at all in the firm. We operate a flat structure. Um, the quality of the work is really, really good. So I, I had an interview recently with somebody who said to me, well, what kind of work? Do she was an agricultural lawyer. So I said, well, we've had an argument about rams running into another field. The, the, the diversity of the work is so interesting. And also, I think the other thing that really entices people to join is the fact that we strip away the non-chargeable so that we take away the work that the lawyer simply does not want to do. So we've got that recruitment, but I, I, I'm missing something here, Sarah, because not only have we got the lawyer's recruitment there, we have excellent, excellent graduates who have joined us. And again, going back in time, I was nervous about taking on new recruits because we simply don't have paralegals and trainees. And I was a bit nervous about this. I thought it's not fair on the person coming in. How do we train these graduates up? Well, this is where Peter comes in. He really does focus on the graduates and they have a phenomenal training with us. I often think that the person that walks in the door you never know which direction that person's going to, to go. If it's a young person who is enthusiastic and again, you know, shame on the universities that they're, they're pouring out these kids and they, they, they've nowhere to go. And these are bright, bright people with a desire to learn and a desire to do well. So I would say to you that with regard to the recruitment, there's a two pronged attack. The lawyers, it's very, very clear what we offer to the lawyers. And with the graduates, it's an exciting time to work with a chief executive who's got fire in his belly to make the firm move. And it works so well. When you look at the firm today, what are you most proud of? I'm so proud of what we've achieved. And I'm so proud that the ethos of the firm, um, and I, I say this genuinely, we are nice people and we only recruit nice people. And I'm proud that that jewel in the crown that I wanted so many years ago is still here. And I honestly believe that when I am pushing up the daisies, um, I, I want there to still be rapid growth within the firm. We've, we've taken on, on board new board members, uh, Melanie Greer Walker, Sean Bullman, John Conliffe. These are dynamic people who have been instrumental in helping me with the firm and also helping Peter. So I'm very, very conscious of our strengths. Um, our strength and our desire is to be the elite firm. And I honestly believe we are. I believe passionately in that. And I believe in that jewel in the crown. And I never want to let that jewel go until I'm popping at the daisies, as I said, and I might throw it to somebody to catch. But um, I'm so excited about the firm. I still have that excitement today, Sarah, as I did 22 years ago. And when you look at the marketplace now, do you think that the same conditions exist today for people wanting to set up on their own in the way that you did those years ago? I think we were very, very lucky years ago. I think it would be very, it's not tough. It, it is tough now, but I think anybody, anybody going into the profession now or wanting to set up their own firm, I would say to that person, you have to be totally, totally focused. You have to know your market. You have to have a passion to put in 28 hours a day and you need to 
you need to really understand the market deeply. Um, I, I can remember some a, a lawyer once sat opposite me and he said to me, Madeline, I want to be where you are. So I said, oh, do you? And I thought he has no idea of the number of hours that we are working. We were working endless hours. So somebody starting off afresh, Sarah, and saying, I'm going to start my own business, I'm going to start my own firm, has to have a business plan, of course, has to know where they're going and has to have passion in the heart. I think passion is the biggest thing and focus. For anyone today listening to this who's thinking of potentially looking at a career within the wider real estate sector, what would you say to them? Go for it. I I would say, like I say to anybody, if you want this kind of career, look at it carefully, educate yourself, read around the subject, understand what you're doing, and try and get as much information as you can. If you're a young lawyer or a young professional who's just out of university, don't be frightened of asking questions. Don't be frightened of picking up the phone and saying to me, Madeline, can you spend five minutes talking to me? Because that's what I'm here for. And I would love to help anybody out there who is struggling and is saying to themselves, I've just finished university. I don't know what to do. I don't know which path to follow. Well, I think it's incumbent on people like myself, Peter and the other lawyers within the firm to help and to stretch out and say, look, we can help you. You know, we might not be able to give you a job at the end of the day, but we can point you in the right direction. I was going to say, sorry, there's a lovely saying. I've often said it to people. Youth is wasted on the young. And I, if I was to look back at myself and, and say, I wish I'd had, what advice would you give? The advice I would give is just as I've said, be focused and be passionate mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of knocking at that door. You might get loads of no's, but there will be somebody who will eventually say yes to you. On that note, Madeline, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. It's been really interesting just to hear a little bit about your career over the years. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sarah, for the time and the opportunity. I'm really delighted. And tell me one last thing. Do you still have that letter from Lord Denning? Yes, I do. And it's framed. (laughs) Yes, I do. Thank you. That's brilliant. Thank you. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.